I always had a team name I wanted to use that was called With a Perfect 180. Welcome to Cue the Mic. I'm Darren Worth. And I'm Randy Twyford. And I'm Emma Durklinger, and this is episode 44. Wow. We did it. That was pretty nice, guys. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was I thought Randy was maybe going to... I, I thought I thought maybe Randy was going to do the old, I'm Randy Twyford and Twyford. the lovely and talented Emma Durflinger. Aw. No, because I'd mess he up He normally just says name. the associate. The associate. The associate. Says, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. No, I liked that. That was good. Well, I'm coming to you from rainy Florida, uh, 65 degrees, but you got to have a rain day every once in a while. Finally, in the last week, the weather turned off to be absolutely gorgeous until today, but we're going home tomorrow. We've got work to do, so we're going home tomorrow, so it can rain. Well, better it's than fine. where I'm at. With it, It's finally got up out of the 20s and snow up your ass, so. Uh, really? Yeah. We got, got snow there in the morning. Seven inches of snow. Uh, we had like a weird pop-up little snow thing on Friday, but most of it has melted since then. And uh, it's going to uh, be like 50 here. some degrees today. Oh, okay, good. Get not all that warm, shit melted by the time I get home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Nice so what have you been up to, Darren? Well, yeah. you know, <laughs> you know, since last week, uh, more and more contractors, uh, if you ever build a house, you'll know that we moved in and it's just been chaos trying to fix things you know just little crap that we're finding once you move in so we've had contractors in and out of this house i feel like just i feel like it's almost like a chinese whorehouse coming in and out the door just a revolving oh door you know? and guess I mean, who's getting just, the screw in od <laughs> stop they, they're all there to work but by God, just just go ahead and leave your checkbook out on the counter because they want their they want their money when they walk out the door. Oh, they want pay. It's no bill and send you an invoice. <laughs> no, no, not most of them. So, anyway, it's fine. We're uh, we get um, well here. I can turn the camera here. We got the new outdoor kitchen is going in. Oh, so oh, that's a beautiful. There you go. We're pretty nice. we're pretty excited about that. We didn't think that was going to get started until we came back to Iowa, but now I got my cords all screwed up. I knew I shouldn't have did that. <laughs> I'm getting dizzy. <laughs> Everybody, everybody's getting dizzy. So anyway, we got the outdoor kitchen going. So they they got the tile put up, and I think the granite or quartz countertop or whatever the hell I don't know. You have to talk to my wife. Whatever's going in, hopefully next week and. Then we start flopping in all the equipment and but progress uh, keeps going even though you're gone. Yeah, oh yeah, progress. I was going to hold them off until we were gone just so they weren't in the way. Right. And, but I'm like, you know what? You got a place in your schedule. Come on. You know, so I left I left to go cook barbecue on Friday morning early and and Sherry thought she was going to have a, a nice full day at the pool all by herself. It was 85 <laughs> degrees. going to be beautiful. Well, I had three contractors scheduled throughout the day to show up. Well, oh, luckily, boy. I'm on, driving on the way to the barbecue contest, and 
all three of them called me and said, hey, can we just knock this out this morning about nine o'clock? And I'm like, yeah, get on it. So all three of them showed up and started doing their thing. We had a lawn guy, uh, something else. We had a gas line, whatever, just a bunch of shit going on, fixing stuff um, or putting stuff in. And so she calls me at 10 o'clock and she goes, damn, I'm done for the day. This is awesome. And then as we're on the phone, the propane gas guy showed up to run the lines for the outdoor kitchen. Uh And so he was only there about an hour, got all the gas lines ran. And as soon as he got that done, then the guys that weren't supposed to show up to work on the outdoor kitchen decided they were going to work on Friday and showed up to do the outdoor kitchen. So her whole day of laying in the sun in the pool was ruined, you know, because Sherry wasn't going to sit out there in the pool while these guys were working, even though you hear the term pool boys. Oh my God. The the two guys, the two kids that are working on the outdoor kitchen. Right. They're like 22 and built like shit houses and walk, walking around in short shorts and drinking their gallons of water. And Oh boy. Oh yeah. She was, she was, uh, she was enjoying the progress. Let's say. (laughs) Sure. Even though they were younger than her own daughter, but, (laughs) but they were pretty hot for pretty hot for kids. They were built. Oh, they were, but can't say that. Can't yeah, say that. Are. Pretty hot for kids. That is weird. No, that's weird. Well, they're kids. But anyway, so, um, but but they didn't know the basic ABCs of electricity. They're running this big power drill, right? Uh-huh. And they decide, or this big power, I don't know what the hell they were doing, cutting, drill, whatever. So they're out, and they go ahead, and they plug it in to the same outlet the hot water heater was plugged into yikes on the outside of the house. And I'm like, and then they instantly blow the breaker. Hey, we think we blew a breaker. So I put trip the breaker back on and then they trip the breaker again. I'm like, you guys ever figure out that amps, if that thing pulls 15 amps and this thing pulls 10 amps that you, you know, that you can't put that on the same circuit. So we oh. finally had a little electricity lesson with them, but boy, they were pretty though. They got sure it enjoyed it. Oh, the guys were pretty. They, they, yeah, the, the guys were pretty. Yeah, the outdoor okay. kitchen. Very meticulous kids, too, though. Um, really, really nice work. Very impressed. Good. Be exciting to see it when it's done. So far. Yeah, I'm excited to cook on it. I'm so excited to just, uh, of course, the builder that's building it, like, wow, this is, we want to showcase this, this thing because we went all out. I mean, if we're going right. to cook outside, we're going to cook outside. So we went, I mean, I got more money invested in my outdoor kitchen than I got invested in my indoor kitchen. <laughs> so, yeah, but you're going to use it a lot it'll more. Be, uh, oh, we'll use this shit out of it. And it's got, it's got one, two, three room for four or five bar stools, Randy. So while I'm cooking, there's plenty of room to perch up on the bar and watch the nice oversee the cooking so. supervise yeah supervise supervise you can supervise maybe i'll get one of them chef's hat and do that top and yaki thing where i flip the egg if you get a chef's hat i'll beat your ass <laughs> you're not wearing a fucking chef's hat one of those tall ones yeah, you're right. it, it it's not going to be pretty that, you ain't going to wear it long <laughs> So, so anyway, you what else did you do? You said something about a barbecue. So we headed contest. out. 
Yeah, we ha I headed out. You know, of course, the weather looked like it was going to be um, kind of miserable. And so my fair weather barbecue mate, Sherry, she had long decided when it looked like the weather wasn't going to be the best that she was going to stay home. Plus, we had old Luke Darnell from Old Virginia Smoke. He had cooked the barbecue contest the week before when we were moving. So he came down, spent the week. We did did a lot of testing, food testing and that type stuff. And then so he needed a pit to cook on. So I said, well, you can cook on my jambo. I'm just going to cook on a drum. He's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to. I've always wanted to do the one can challenge just as a personal right. challenge. And most of these guys, you know, that, that cook on gateway drums or similar drums, they have one for each category. They have one for right. chicken, one for ribs, one for So they're pork, cooking on four. Brisket. Cooking on four. They're cooking on four. Some are cooking on three. Some are cooking on four. But I'm like, why do you need to cook on four? I want to try and cook on one. So I had this challenge. And so I signed up for the contest like on Monday. And I got to thinking, you know, I could really fuck this thing up and get last place. I'm not putting Smokey D's name on it. I always had a team name. I always had a team name I wanted to use that was called With a Perfect 180. Right? Okay. And so, and a 180, of course, in the barbecue world is a perfect score. Right. Well, so when you get announced at a barbecue contest and they announce something, you know, I wanted to get like seventh place in chicken with a perfect 180. Oh, right. Jesus. And, and then everybody going, oh, shit, I got what six. I got a 182. No, you didn't. So so anyway, um, it was kind of fun. I just found out this morning that actually two guys up in Michigan had used that team name in a Florida contest a, couple, a few weeks before. I didn't know that. I thought I was being original, but I evidently I copied the name. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, oh well. well. They didn't win. They didn't win either. So. So. But anyway, so it was kind of one of those last minute, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know. I had some recipes. I was going to cook two contests, one with one guy, and then I was going to cook another contest. And we went through what we called the Teddy Camp rules, where right. if you're going to cook a contest with somebody and they have their recipes and you have your recipes, you kind of sit down and you blend the two recipes together so that it's everybody cooks all four meats together and it's not just let's say randy you and i are cooking together and i say hey randy i'm going to cook chicken and you cook ribs and i'll cook pork and you cook brisket right well if right. you fuck up in brisket then we're all pissed off at randy right right well mm -hmm. if we blend the ingredients together and cook as one and everybody contributes then it's never in, in anybody's fault when you fuck up right that makes sense yeah, so we've been doing that with Teddy Camp Barbecue for quite some time. And so I had some Teddy Camp Barbecue, and then I had uh, T-Rex and the Goat. We were going to cook on that contest out in Arizona, um, except for our flight got canceled due to the snowstorm and all that other bullshit a few weeks ago. So um, ended up, we had th I had those recipes. I had Teddy Camp recipes. I had my own recipes. So I just printed off all the recipes and threw some shit in a box and off I went to the contest. Had no clue what I was going to cook. Everything was going to be a game time decision. Right. On, I mean, even to the point that I'm, I'm Thursday night, I'm at the grocery store going, am I going to cook thighs <laughs> or I'm going to cook wings or am I going to cook legs or 
right. whatever. So it, it was very, I knew I had a brisket. I had some pork and ribs. Um, but yeah, everything was kind of a game time decision. Even as I was well, cooking, I was kind of making changes. Sure. Well, that's usually the kind of the best ones they, that run, you know, being able, being flexible. Well, I had nothing to lose. Exactly. I had, I had, I had nothing to lose. I had a team name that didn't identify me, even though everybody quickly found out and got a good laugh about with a perfect 180. So who it was. So how many teams were up there? Uh, well, they said there was going to be 33. Ended up only being 29, 29 okay. that actually scored in the contest. So and where was, was nice it located contest, at there? Though. Where was it located? It was up in Haines, Haines City, Florida, which it was called the Ribs on the Ridge. Um, Haines City, Florida, which is kind of a a distant suburb of Orlando. We were about okay. 15 miles, 20 miles from Orlando. We sure. were close enough to Orlando to fill the or, to feel the Orlando traffic. Okay. But far enough away, we felt like there was a bunch of rednecks in their big trucks and whatever that we were out in the Florida <laughs> countryside. Sure. You know, sure. kind of like Jacksonville. Kind of like oh, yeah. Jacksonville. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah, it was exactly. That's the way Florida is. You have your metropolitans and then you got your rednecks. Yeah. And I like redneck yeah. country. There's nothing against rednecks. I love redneck country in Florida. I like I like last night I pulled up to a a stoplight and here's here's a guy in a truck next to me and I could I'm I'm in the Bronco. And I could mm-hmm. see underneath his truck. That's how high it was stacked. <laughs> oh, shit. I could have, if it wasn't for the drive shaft, I could have drove underneath his truck. <laughs> that's insane. It's just, you know, you're from Polk County, Florida. If you Polk can County, that's even better. Yeah. <laughs> so, what, what was your, so anyway, what was your thought pattern? going into this well timing was going to be everything okay so so i borrowed a gateway drum now now luke had brought me down uh a a team had loaned me their drum cooters and smoke had loaned me a drum to kind of do a little practice cook on during the week well we were so busy we we did cook one day and all we did was we took a pork butt and cut it in half just to emulate having some mass. And we had a brisket point and we did a little practice cook and the practice cook, it was relatively easy. I was surprised never, you know, I can't say I've never cooked on a gateway drum because I've always kind of finished my chicken on one. Right. But I've never really cooked any big meats on one. I've only watched a guy cook ribs. I kind of, somebody bought one, a friend of a friend and, bought one and I said, Oh, we can cook some ribs. Had no clue what I was doing, but pretended like I did. And we cooked ribs and they were really good, but I had never cooked any myself. And you know me, I don't normally practice. So I was going into this thing like blind. And Hey, let me ask, I was, and you, and you cooked everything hot and fast. I cooked everything extremely hot, extremely fast. Okay. All right. It wasn't an overnight cook or anything like that. No, you know, and and so I got the idea, Drew Davis from Razor X Barbecue down in Arkansas, he had cooked on one drum and Drew is a hell of a cook. He cooks on a jambo too, but he went somewhere and cooked on one jambo or on one gateway drum and he won the barbecue contest. And ever since I heard about that, 
I wanted to be mm-hmm. part of it, right? I right, wanted right. to figure that out because you talk about carry all this shit around and I've got a Jambo sitting here in the garage in Florida that gets used. I mean, it got used three times this year, none of by myself, right? And right. Mm-hmm. I just soon have a golf cart that I can go to the bar with sitting there rather than this damn Jambo. Well, if I right. can figure out this one can challenge, then I can just put one gateway drum in the garage and just put a little carrier on the back of the Bronco and off I go, you know, got a sure, tent and off sure. I go. So just kind of simplifying my setup. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was trying, that's what I was trying to accomplish. So uh, Drew had shared his notes with me about his timeline and his timeline started at like three o'clock in the morning. And I'm right. like, there is no way. There is no way I'm, I'm not getting up at three o'clock in the morning to cook barbecue. I mean, I get up early anyway, but there's just, I was like, no, I'm just going to have to cook a little hotter and a little faster. Right. So I had this mindset that if I could cook my, my pork and brisket at the same time. Okay. Now most time people that run gateway drums, the, the, if they're cooking their brisket, they have a water pan sitting on a shelf or right on top of the fire that is protecting the meat from the direct coals. And right. what they do is they spin it. So they'll, they'll run it 20 minutes or a half hour direct over the coals. And then when it really starts to juice and, and really throw a lot of smoke, they'll flip it around and cook it over that water pan. Okay. You know, and they're just constantly doing that. Well, how am I going to do that with pork? And I was worried about having the pork over the flame. So I'm like, you know, I'm going to run two water pans. So they're just not going to be as big. I didn't want to snuff out the fire. So I ran two small water pans on the bo- on a bottom shelf over the fire. Um, and, it, and it seemed to work. That way I could keep the meat over the water pans at all times unless right. I wanted to. You know, then there was room in the middle that if I wanted to, to put some, get some around. char flavor, then I could just move stuff to the center or to the outside and get that char flavor. So that's where I started, you know. So, um, you know, from a timing standpoint, we weren't going to get up till 430 in the morning. I was staying in a Airbnb RV in a guy's yard with Luke, you know, and... <laughs> And those that know Luke, you know, he's 6'5 and 350 pounds. So anytime Luke decided he wanted to roll over in bed, I rolled over with him because I was on the couch Uh that was laid down. And so every time he rolled over, I instantly rolled over too. I don't think there was any stabilizer jacks down at all. It was, it was just a hell of a, so very little sleep that we got. Anytime I moved, he moved. Anytime he moved. I was an RV. We found an Airbnb and all it was, was just a, it was just a damn RV trailer. It was like huh. a 28 foot trailer and it had a bedroom in the back with a queen bed and a bathroom. Right. And then it had four little, two bunk beds, four beds in the front of it. Oh, okay. But, but they were only about five foot long. So that didn't work very well. Right. And so I looked at the couch and I said, Luke, I bet you this, I bet you this folds down. I can sleep anywhere. I still have that metal bar from that couch <laughs> impaled in my back. I mean, here I, I am three days late, two days later. And oh my God, you talk about the worst night's sleep in the world. Uh huh. <laughs> so anyway, we were going to get up at 4.30 and go over there, 4.15, go over there, light the fire at 4.30 and 
whatever. Now we were up ahead of time, but so anyway, we lit the can. I lit the can. He lit the jambo. I lit the can at four thirty, and I was able to get that pork and brisket on about five fifteen in the morning. And we're moving. I mean, it's I'm cooking. I mean, I, I'm just looking back at my notes, and I mean, I put my pork and brisket on at five fifteen. I wrap uh-huh. my pork. I wrap my pork after an hour or my really? brisket after an hour and I wrap my pork after an hour and 15 minutes. And so, so you'd brisket, got enough color, what? you'd got enough color and stuff in there oh. all, and bark all, that quick. Oh yeah. And so I had, I mean, that brisket was off the smoker by seven thirty. I mean, really? I put it on at five fifteen. Yeah. So, I mean, in two hours oh, wow. and 15 minutes, I cooked that brisket. I mean, I, how hot were you cooking? You know, the brisket, you know, I mean, I was 300 to 325 on the gauge, which I think was probably 350 on the top shelf. Right. So, um, but I, it just, everything was going so smooth because I knew my target was I needed to put ribs on at eight o'clock. Okay. Now I had taken a little small 30 gallon drum with me. Okay. And I was doing everything I could not to light that drum. But if that pork and brisket were on, I knew I was going to have to light it to start cooking my ribs. Otherwise, I was going to be too late for my ribs. But as I was checking temperatures, you know, about 715, I'm like, this shit's going to get done. I don't, I'm not, I'm like, Luke, what do you think? He goes, just light the drum. And I said, Luke, no, I'm not going to light the drum. I'm just going to take a chance. If they're not done, I'm going to stand the ribs on end against the brisket and the foil and just start cooking them. They may not look the best, but I'm going to start cooking them that way. Right. But sure enough, you know, 7.30 and 7.45, all that stuff was off. Well, of course, Incredible. you know, I'm not saying we didn't have challenges or I didn't have challenges because then I go to take the meat off, right? Uh-huh. And then I look over and, here, and here's my Cambro. Wow, I'd kept all my meat in the Cambro the night before, so I had a big old block of ice in the top of it. Uh-huh. And I still had my chicken, still had my chicken in there, oh. and that camber was cold as shit. Well, I didn't have any way to warm up that camber. I didn't have a burner to put hot water in it. I, right, I'm like, right. well, I guess I'm not using that. I guess I'll use Sherry's Bronco as my warming cabinet. Right. So I opened up the, <laughs> I opened up the back of the Bronco, got a moving blanket, put the, put the brisket and pork in there, and covered it up with towels and just forgot about it. And then I got the ribs out. And so, as you can see, I, I'm, I'm taking advice from everybody here. I got Chris Schaefer mm-hmm. from Heavy Smoke. He's a, he, you know, he, he ended up winning the contest yesterday. He cooks on Gateway Drums. There was Jerry Stephenson out of North Carolina. He cooks on drums. And so, every time somebody would walk by, I'd ask him a question. Hey, how do you think I should do this? What's a feller right. got to do? What's right? a feller got to do? <laughs> What's a feller got to do? Um, as far as cooking stuff. So anyway, I mean, I was like, how do you wrap your ribs? How do you, do? I'm just, cause I don't know. I'm used to wrapping them on the jambo, but I'm not used to cooking shit over a hot can mm-hmm. and I didn't want to burn the shit out of stuff. And so I'm just, I'm just soaking up all these pieces of advice. I'm just asking stupid questions. Right. You know, that, uh, I'm probably one of the winningest guys in barbecue, but I, I acted like it was my first time. I was gonna say I was just asking. Sound like it was like, yeah. But but the great thing about it is people are like, oh yeah, just do this and do this and wrap your ribs this way and do whatever. I mean, everybody was just walking me through Uh because everybody wanted to see me get a call. 
You know, it uh-huh. was just one of those things. And, you know, it was probably one of the easiest cooks I've ever had. Really? I mean, that gateway drum, yeah. I didn't have to I didn't have to do anything. Now, Once it did got you set have in? Also, I was do to have to what? Did, did you have to re, reload your charcoal during the cook? No, but we'll, we'll get to that later in in the segment okay. here because okay. uh, um, the, the answer is should have. Oh, okay. Ah. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. But we won't we won't jump ahead. But okay. So right. anyway, I cooked, but in overall, to start off with, I cooked one brisket flat. Now everybody and their brother told me to trim all the fat off that brisket. It was going to to make it cook faster. I was nervous as shit about doing that. I don't like, I like having some fat on the bottom of that brisket flat. Right. But I had this, I don't know, Luke called it a postage stamp. He goes, that's a nice postage stamp you got there. As far as a brisket, I had it trimmed down pretty good, probably more than normal. And it didn't have any fat on it. But, and then I had three pork butts that the three of them combined together didn't weigh, I bet you it didn't weigh eight pounds total. Mm-hmm. Really? It was pretty much the money money muscle and a little bit behind it. So they were okay. all through. And, and the reason everything was trimmed so small was I had these small water pans, and I was trying to keep the meat over the water pan because I right. knew if I got the meat outside the water pan, I was going to probably char that that meat. Right. So I was, I was flipping stuff and moving stuff around, trying to, you know, when you're cooking on that drum, you're constantly, every 20 minutes or every half hour, you're rotating that meat around. Just because if the drum's not cooking even from one side to another, you're trying to get it. But, you know, I got the brisket and pork off, got the ribs on. The ribs were moving fast. And I'm like, holy shit. Now, I was watching a Facebook Live the night before uh, a bunch of guys from getting basted and shake and bake. And Luke was up there, too. They were up at Proud Souls in Orlando. And they were doing a live video and cooking stuff. Well, Schaefer had cooked a rack of ribs in an hour and 15 minutes. Wow. And it was like they were they said they were good, but they tightened up a lot. If you cook something that mm-hmm. quick, you really right. got to let it rest. So I knew I could get it done if I had to, but I didn't want that drum to get too hot either. You know, so I tried to stay in that 300, 325. I didn't fuck with it. I just let it run. And we just let it just let it run and. So I got the ribs on. I think I wrapped them. I don't know. Let me look at my notes here. I put the, the ribs went on at 8 o'clock, 15 minutes after the pork came on. Uh, I rotated those. I wrapped them at 9, 10. So an hour and 10 minutes, I was wrapping ribs. Right. And then they came off at 9, 55. So by 10 o'clock, you were done so, with those. Two hours, you so cooked the ribs. By nine, in two hours, I cooked the ribs. Yep. A little under mm-hmm. two hours, I cooked the ribs. So... I put them in a pan and I threw them in the back of the Bronco warmer. <laughs> <laughs> fellas got to do that's, what he's got to do. One thing that, uh, uh, fellers got to do what a guy's got to do, right? So anyway, then came chicken. Well, I was torn on chicken because I had I had never really I'd finished my chicken on a can, and there's plenty of right. you know when I used to just cook the chicken on the jambo, and then I would finish it on the can to get a little char on the bum. I had never cooked chicken, I don't think. Maybe I have once from A to Z. Right. Well, nonetheless, I'm sitting at the grocery store going, oh, what am I going to cook? What's going to be? I don't want to scrape any skin on this chicken. Hell, I'm going to cook chicken. I was, I was down between legs, legs and wings. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I'm just, I'm just going to cook chicken legs. 
So I grabbed really? chicken legs and I trimmed them. I trimmed them up and I did about I I cooked about a do- eleven of them. I cooked uh-huh. eleven chicken mm-hmm. legs and I'm like, yeah, I'm just gonna do this. Well, old Jerry Stephenson out of North Carolina come by and because I asked Luke, I said, you ever cook legs on this thing? He goes, no. And this is Saturday morning, about an hour before legs are gonna go on. You ever cook legs on this? And he goes, no. He said, but Jerry cooks them all the time. I said, get his ass over here. So Jerry came over and he goes, Darren, don't get that, get that cooker down. Don't, don't have that cooker at, try and cook those eggs at 250 to 275. Right. Like, really? And he goes, yeah. He said, I don't want you pulling. I don't want the skin pulling back on them. Just try and do it. He said, put them on at 10 or 10, 15 and, and just cook them, just kind of cook them slow. So that's what I did. I dialed back the cooker to. It throttled back pretty easy. It throttled away right right away. I mean, especially when you put cold meat on it. So if you if you throttle it down, put the cold meat on, then it doesn't go back up like it was supposed to. So it's it's right. very easy that way. I was I was super impressed by the drum. I could see why a lot of people cook on them because they're easy to cook on. I mean, they're like idiot proof. I mean. Huh. And and just managing one fire. I'm not sure why these guys manage four fires. I just don't understand. I mean, I could easily do a contest in two with my eyes closed. I could, I could easily do a contest knowing that I could cook brisket and pork at the same time and ribs and, and chicken at the same time. Have the other one in the other place. Yeah. Have, and just have that on there on and then on you got your other one for ribs right? and chicken. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So, but, <laughs> and you think about fires. I was, I was over at heavy smoke, Chris talking to him and all of a sudden I look at him, he goes, Oh, fuck. I said, what? And he goes, well, ribs are supposed to go on. Yep. I haven't lit my rib can yet. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> well, better light the rib can. So so he gets some starter out, and he starts it, and then he goes and gets his leaf blower, and he just puts that leaf blower on, gets a roaring fire in about 10, 15 minutes, uh-huh. throttles her down, throws his ribs on, and off he goes. I'll be damned. You know, just – it's just one of those things that, you know, most people have this timeline that they have to follow. I, when you're cooking on a drum like that, I don't think there's any timeline at all. Really? I think it's when <laughs> shit, when shit looks good, wrap it up. When it's done, take it off. Huh. Throw it in the back of the Bronco. Interesting. Throw it in the back of the Bronco. So, so I was cooking legs and, and Jerry had told me, he says, try and get them legs up to about 202, 204. I'm like, okay. So I got the legs. You know, they were looking really good. I mean, they were really looking good. And I'm like, well, I think I'll wrap them. You know, so I wrapped them up, put them in a pan, put them in a butter bath, put them back on. I, I poked holes in the foil so it didn't steam really hard on me. Right. Um, and put them back on and just kind of let them go. And I checked them after about half hour. And now I'm starting to get I'm starting to get pretty close on time and I'm like, I'm not sure I'm going to get to 204, but I got to 198. And then I finally, I said, Oh, abort mission. We got to get shit done. So I took them off and dried them out just a little bit on the smoker for, you know, get that butter off of them. Right. And then I sauced them and put them back on the smoker for about five minutes and threw them some bitches in the box. Hmm. Well, I'm a quarter mile from turn in. Oh, I skipped the cook's meeting like I skipped the cook's meeting like I normally do because Luke and I were hungry. So we went to dinner Uh huh. 
And, and so I'm like, hey, I'm walking around right before turning. I'm going, hey, where do we turn in at? And they're oh, like, shit. well, you see that building over there? Yeah. Well, it's not that one. It's the one past it. Quarter mile uphill. Holy oh, fuck. No. Uphill? Um, uphill. And Darren didn't bring any tennis shoes. He's in his hay dudes. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Yikes is right. So, so yeah. they're like, well, do we need to get your runner? And I'm like, nope. Part of the, part of the deal. Part of the, uh, it's really part of the challenge is to right. do this yeah. all by myself. Right. So I did it, I, but I thought I better get early on that chicken. So I got early chicken. I was sitting at the table about three minutes before turning opened because I knew I had to get back and do ribs. So right. chicken turn in chicken was great. I mean, I tried it and a little bit salty, but man, it, I, and I had tried a whole new brine injection, everything. I'd never tried any of this shit before. I even borrowed rub off somebody else going, Hey, that looks pretty good on your chicken here. Let me borrow that shake. <laughs> <laughs> God damn. Darren. So, and the ribs, the ribs turned out. Okay. I think I should have maybe seasoned them again a little bit, but I mean, they were fine. Maybe even a little overdone when I turned them in. I had one rack that was damn near perfect and one that was a little overdone. Well, I could only get about five bones out of that one rack. So I turned in five bones and I turned one bone in out of the kind of the overdone rack. So right. I think we ended up getting 15th in ribs or kind of middle of the pack. And I, I wasn't sure. expecting much in ribs. I knew the chicken was really good, but I, the ribs, I was like, meh. And then we get to pork. So mm-hmm. right before I was worried about cooking that brisket and pork so fast that things would tighten up. You know, especially it was cooler weather. It was 65 degrees outside. So I'm like, I better go check that pork and brisket. So right when I was getting ready to turn in ribs, I opened the Bronco Cambro up and I go to check it. And that pork's at 98 degrees. Oh, and I'm like, holy fuck, I'm fucked. And, And then I probed the brisket and it was just a little bit higher. It was like at 100 I mean, unsafe holding temperatures by Randy standard, but it hadn't exactly. been there long enough to uh, be un- be unsafe yet. And I'm no, like, no. holy crap, this is not going to be good. So I threw the pork back on the cooker, just in the foil, threw it in a pan, threw it back on the cooker, and off I went to turn in to turn in my ribs. Came back and the pork was up to 120, and I'm like, okay, I need to think of something different here. So I got a pan out, I dumped all the yazoo off of it strain the grease from it and i'm like you know what i'm just gonna slice this pork cold or it wasn't cold but it was damn near room temperature or a little bit better tepid and but i'm gonna put that au jus on the cooker and just get it hot as shit Uh uh-huh and i'm gonna cook that cold pork in that au jus to finish it off sliced and bring it back up bring it back up to temperature right but sliced so i go to yeah so yeah so so I go to do that, and my gateway's out of fire. Holy fuck. And I got these water pans underneath there. So I've got a top mm-hmm. rack. I've got uh-huh. a bottom rack. And you can't get – it's not like you can just add charcoal without disassembling everything. The whole project. <laughs> and this is at the beginning of pork turn-in. I mean, this is like, what, we turned in ribs at 1. So this is about 105, 110. I'm like, hmm, what's a feller going to do here? As I thought about my Randy Twyford. But then I put on my thinking hat, thinking hat, and I, I took all the stuff off, 
and I had a little bit of charcoal left in my, I threw the bag of charcoal away, cause, but I had some charcoal left in the little can. So I drizzled maybe a pound or two of lump charcoal, and I'm like, that ain't going to catch on fast enough. I said, hey, Luke, you done with your jambo? And he goes, yeah, why? And I said, I'll be right over. So I went over to my jambo that he was borrowing. I grabbed the dustpan, and I shoved it, and there was just enough embers in the bottom of it. Right. And I grabbed it and ran across to my saw and sprinkled those embers on top. And I just left the lid off the drum so it would get smoking hot real quick. And about five minutes, that son bitch was hot. Really? So I put on my pork au jus and just got it just straight over the fire. I'm like, we're just going to boil the shit out of it. Because I didn't have a hot plate. I was cooking out of a tent. Right. So I got it. I'm like, well, I'm just going to start slicing this pork. So I'm slicing this pork and I take, I never taste my pork ever. But I took a bite out of the end. I'm like, son of a bitch, this is great. I mean, it was really good pork. Right. I'm like, how am I going to do this? So I sliced it up and I just had three little money muscles. That's all I had. So I sliced up the three money muscles. Mm-hmm. And um, and then when it come time to about five minutes before I turned in, I went and got that au jus off. I dunked them in there, covered them up and threw it back on the cooker. And I was just going to steam the piss out of them and right. just boil them money muscles in there mm-hmm. and we took it out i'm telling you yep i say we me myself and i right yeah it, it may have been the best damn pork i've turned in in a year really i mean it it was crazy my wow. box looked fucking great i mean it was it was crazy i used every little bit i just had the little ends mm-hmm. of the pork that's all i had left i turned in everything i turned in 15 money muscles wow oh, and wow. so i'm like is there something to be said for this? Should I be cooking my pork on Friday and cooling it down and then just saving the au jus and heating it up and slicing it cold after I get done with ribs, slicing it cold, have that au jus hot and cooking that pork? Yeah. Because some of the pork came off at different temperatures, but once I sliced, once it was cooled down and I sliced it, it all felt the same. I bet it did. I sliced <laughs> and after nice, I, didn't it? And after I, and after, oh, it sliced great. So that was kind of a, that was kind of a last minute, oh fuck, but got it turned in, you know, I, mm-hmm. I had plenty of time. So then I came back and here's, and I'd thrown the brisket on as soon as I got the pork off, I threw the brisket on trying to get it. And I'm like, get it heated up. well, guess we're going to do the same thing here. You know, I ain't got time to get this brisket warm back up. So I dumped the au jus and I only had about a half a cup of au jus. I'm like, son of a bitch. Here we go again. How am I going to boil this in a half a cup of au jus? So right. I, I knew I had a can of beef consomme in the in the toolbox. Didn't have a can opener. Found it later. But I ran across to the Luke and, hey, you got a can opener? So I opened my can of consomme, dumped it in there, threw it on the can, got it boiling. I mean, I had that can screaming about 450 degrees then. <coughs> Heated that up. Sliced the brisket halfway cold, put the whole thing in there. I mean, the problem was I filled too much, so I kind of rubbed all the rub off the top of the brisket. That right. was probably my one mistake of the day. Um, well, I had plenty of mistakes. I just overcame. I was going to say, wait a minute. I had plenty of plenty of plenty of mistakes, plenty of trials and tribulations. But um, so I, I sliced that brisket and put it in the au jus and whatever. And, and it really had pretty decent flavor. It wasn't my normal brisket cause I'm used to cooking brisket, you know, on a wood fired pit, not on charcoal. Right. And mm-hmm. it wasn't, 
It wasn't fine, but you know, I, I tasted a piece of it this morning just to see what it tasted like. It tasted pretty damn good. It probably needed a little bit more salt, but I turned it in. I mean, everything worked out. I had about did, 15 uh, seconds left. How was left the pull and everything on it, Darren? On that brisket? It, it was actually you, really, it, it was really, it wasn't, it wasn't very good when I, uh, at first, but after I heated up, it was amazing. Really? Hmm. It kind of was the reverse of the old time days, Randy. Remember when Randy, all of a sudden at nine, you knew he was going to win brisket. So at nine o'clock in the morning, you go, hey, big guy, ice? Because he'd overcooked oh, yeah. the shit out of his brisket. And I taught him how to just, just ice it down, get it iced down, then warm it back up. And for some reason, there's something to that. I think so. <coughs> it worked for us. I know, and trust me, I was thinking of you when I was doing that. <laughs> I, I, I was thinking of you when I was doing it, but um, everything I got turned in had about had about fifteen seconds to spare on brisket. Oh boy! And I was like up that hill for the fourth time, and it was it was challenging. Wore wore a blister on my foot, and but then I'm like, I'm out of here. That's I'm not sticking around for awards. Yeah. Oh, you, you know, didn't and stay that's, that's kind of what I. That's what I know. I mean, it's like he hardly does. I could be home by five o'clock or I could be sitting with awards getting over at five o'clock facing a two and a half hour drive. Yeah. Well, don't blame. So. So we had a. Had a couple Mike and Brenda Thompson. They used to have a barbecue team up in Minnesota. She runs a food truck and they happen to be down there and walk around. They're going, you need help. I'm like, nah, I don't need help. Well, when they got done, they're like, well, we know you need help cleaning up. We'll help you clean up. So they did a good job of helping me clean up and packing everything in the Bronco and uh, getting everything. And then I hooked onto the Jambo for Luke and drove back home and watched it on Facebook Live, watched awards or listened to it on Facebook Live right. in the car. And so we get to awards and, you know, they started calling chicken. And in Florida, they do that fucked up thing. I just hate it where they call all 10 teams to the stage. Oh, and yeah. then they start and then they start dismissing them so they're going in no particular order and they start call. Well, I was in the top 10. I'm like, "Okay. Yeah, that's fine." So I'm listening and they call 10th and that person sits down, call 9th and whatever. And so that's Luke weird. is sitting next to the camera that's recording. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden they get to it's getting down to fourth place and third place. And he's live on Facebook. His friends are live and he's on the live going, you got to be fucking kidding me. You got to be fucking kidding me. First of all, here's, here's Darren cooking on a can, cooking on a can had never cooked legs on a can had only looked cooked legs once in his life. I think maybe Uh twice. And so then they announced with they announced first place in chicken with a perfect 180, which was my team name. Right. But then they all had had to announce with a perfect 180. So it was so you got a 180 chicken, chicken with a perfect 180 with a yeah, perfect be, 180. Yeah. So I got a perfect score in chicken, and the crowd That's was going cr- the crowd was going crazy. I mean, they really, really? everybody was hooting and hollering. I mean, everybody That's was rooting impressive. for me just because it was just a challenge. Sure, yeah. sure. You know, and they're like, "How did you do that?" And I'm like, "You know, it really wasn't hard." And maybe it's just my 20 years of experience in competition barbecue, but you know, kind yeah, of the lesson comes out is don't, 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 right. don't worry about all the little details. Cause you know what? doesn't matter. You know, you just, you gotta be lucky. 
you got to turn in good product. I thought I turned in pretty decent product. I was a little skeptical about the brisket. I was a little skeptical about the ribs. Mm-hmm. But we pulled one out of our ass. I think we got 15th in, 15th in ribs. We got 18th in brisket, which was probably pretty well-deserved, and 11th in pork, which wow. I thought the pork maybe could have scored a little better. But uh, out of 29 teams, I just wanted to be in the game. I just wanted to hear my name called. Yeah. That was the ultimate goal. I wanted to know if I could do it. But then when they, they called the top 10 up, and I'm like, holy shit, I'm in the top 10. I'm like, I got to be 10th, and then oh, I got to be 9th. And they got down, they called me for 5th overall. So I think we pulled out a 694, 695. Um, um, but overall, lots of fun. Lots yeah, of – that's the main thing. I can't wait. You know, and I, I, I've been a Jambo guy for years, and cooking on my Jambo has been everything. I tell you, cooking on a gateway is a hell of a lot easier. You don't have to get up every really? 35 minutes. And, oh, I mean, the Jambo is a well-oiled machine, don't get me wrong. But right, you right. just it, it's, it stretches that entire process out. Oh, you know, it's I like I'm taking my saying. ribs off. I'm taking my ribs mm. off and, you know, I'm taking my ribs off and some people are putting theirs on, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, so. It was just a whole different style of cooking, and it made me think about, okay, how are we going to do this challenge? I mean, if you're going remotely, it's hard to fly in and borrow four drums. Sure. Right? Sure. From anybody. Mm-hmm. But it's hellaciously easy to say, hey, anybody got an extra drum? Yeah. yeah. Just bring an extra drum for me. And so, you know, all you need is really a pop-up tent, a couple tables, maybe even one table. You need the Bronco warmer. That's the one thing I probably need well, to do pay you more need, attention I, to. Sounds like the Bronco warmer didn't really work. Uh, no, no, I need to rethink the whole Bronco warmer. Yeah, so I don't think you men- need a Bronco warmer. Maybe just an extra camera would be good. Or just bring a cooler. Yeah, that as well. well yeah, but I, I'm telling you, the Bronco was packed. I, bet I, mean, it I, I thought it was going to have to stuff shit on top of the ceiling. Because I also had a toolbox that was left with the Jambo that I had to take back home. Uh-huh. And I'm like, where in the hell am I going? We're playing Jenga trying to get this goddamn thing in there. Oh, I, I mean, I imagine. Just, it was, a, it was, oh, God, it was a mess. And I'm like, I'm going to get home and I'm going to get my ass chewed because this Bronco's going to smell like barbecue. Yeah. Right. And I mean it's Yikes. only got three thousand it's only got three thousand miles on it. Oops. <laughs> and it's got scratches in the top of it from where the can. She hasn't noticed those yet, but so this morning I cleaned up I got home and I'm like, I'm tired. I'm just cleaning this out in the morning. So we were out in the rain this morning, cleaned up, and she goes, Wow, Bronco looks in pretty good shape. Better than I thought it would be. I'm like, Oh, sweet. There you go. There you go. Just don't look too closely. Yeah. Huh? Just don't look too closely. Yeah, yeah. So no, we got her all done. It was. Uh, I'll be doing that again. I'll I was going to ask you. I'll be, do you think you'll do it again? I, I'm going to. I'm going to have a. I think I'm going to sponsor a a four category cook off, and everybody can just bring one drum. Uh huh. Right. And let's let's just see who can cook on these damn things. That'd be interesting to That'd see. Yeah. Nice little challenge. But but overall, I still had plenty of time to sit in the chair like I normally do. Really? You know, people look over and going. That's Aren't you just important. running around? I'm like, no, why? I don't have to do anything for like 12 minutes. I did have to set some timers. I'm not used to that. 
Right. I'm not used to setting a timer on my phone for anything. I just have this kind of <coughs> sense of when the jambo needs a log or a sense when something right. needs You've done. Right. You cooked on it so really, much. I, I, I'm really. Yeah. I don't follow a timeline. I have a timeline in my head, but I've right. done it on yeah. it so much that I really don't pay any attention. I just like, oh, oh, must need a log. But hmm. with this, I'm like, Ugh, I better set some timers. So I, I probably yeah. set ten or fifteen timers yesterday morning about. What would you change? Oh, wow. when to, what when would you spend. What would you do different? Yeah, yeah. What would you do differently? That's a good question, Randy. Um, I well, of course, I'd find something. I'd probably in the morning. I'd probably as soon as I, uh, I'd get that camera emptied out, so I actually had a camera to hot hold stuff. Right. That's good. Um, I think you know when you cook on a can, there's they tend to go by feel. For ending mm-hmm. temperature, the feel of the probe versus okay. an exact temperature. Because if you cook a lot hotter, then it's going to finish hotter. Just not knowing. I could feel that it was tender, but it was cooked so quick that I thought maybe it would tighten up. Right. And, and, and both the big meats did. The ribs didn't, which surprised me mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. I was worried about them tightening up when I cooked them in two hours. I'm like, oh, these are going to tighten up. So... Instead of letting them air out like I normally would, I just wrapped them in foil, which made them cook a little bit longer. I probably shouldn't have done that. Um, but it's just, I, I think I have the timeline now, but it was so close. I mean, when I had five minutes from the time my ribs come off to chicken, that's that's it's not too close, but it's too close knowing that I was in Florida at sea level. And when you're at sea level, things always cook quick. So right. to take that same timeline in Iowa probably not going to work very well take that timeline when it's 35 degrees outside probably not going to work very well and so can we still do it on one drum yeah i think i need to design kind of a a rib rack so that if i pork and brisket or pork and pork and brisket are still on that i can still kind of turn my ribs sideways and get them on the pit at least for a while until I get that stuff off and then I can lay them down. I think I could make that happen. Other than that, I mean, chances are your pork and brisket's going to be off by the time chicken needs to go on. So that's the only critical thing is being able to have three meats on the cooker at once, you know, with your, get your pork and brisket off. And right. I, I'd probably leave some fat on my brisket. I'd probably spend a little more instead of rolling over the pan all the time. I'd probably put a little bit more over the coals for just a little bit more flavor. But Interesting. Other than that, it was all. Fun. Are you going to do this again? It was fun. I am. I am. Yeah. I'm. Tr- I'm trying to figure out. There's a contest down here in Florida in a couple weeks, and I'm trying to figure out whether I'm going to, you know, fly back down here and whether I'd have to borrow a drum, if somebody will loan me a drum, or, <laughs> or am I going to just pull the jambo and do it the old-fashioned way? I don't know. Right. Seems <laughs> seems like drums are scoring. You know, people like that drum food. I don't like the taste of it, yeah. but people like that. Judges seem to like that drum food. So why don't you I'm like up for the, the challenge? It's just it's almost like steaky. I don't like the hmm. I don't like uh, flame broiled steak. That charry taste. That right. I just don't. I, I don't care for that. Now I love pork steak that way. Right. But I don't like a, a regular beef steak or whatever that way. It's just too much flavor, maybe. I don't know. Well, I would agree with you. It is kind of has a couple of different layers of flavor in there. Yeah. 
but overall, yeah, I look I look forward to doing it again. I'm, I, of mm-hmm. course, I don't practice, so I'm not going to practice it at home. But right. somebody asked me yesterday, asked me, are you going to do this in Altoona? And I said, I, I don't know, maybe, never know. But I think it's a great remote way to go in. I think I need to design my rib holder that'll fit in a suitcase or something that I can buy at Ace Hardware. Um, getting the right size pans. I had bought these drywall mud pans thinking they, they were going to be the best thing ever that they're long that I can oh, keep stuff yeah, off yeah. the fire. I know what you're talking about. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Until I, I bought the 16 inch ones and now the only, now they're propping up my computer to make it higher because, um, that's the only thing they're good for because they leak. They wouldn't hold water. Mm. <laughs> I want to put water in them, and the water's leaking. Yikes. I'm like, what the hell? Damn. Yeah. So, anyway, I had to. Use so, what kind of pans did you use? Did you use to put in there? Oh, they were just. They were like they weren't. Most of the time, guys just use a foil half pan and put water in it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. I had to go smaller than that because if you put two half pans, it snuffs out most of the fire. So right. I needed some more room. So I did I did some pans that were probably, I don't know, six by nine or something like that. Seven sure. by nine. They were just a little smaller pan. I think I could design a, some sort of, uh, that's where my mind went is I'm going to have a machine shop design me a, three four place water pan that designed for the gateway drum you'd be kind of like the next grill grate right there you go randy we could make millions oh, i'm game yeah Just- so overall fun experience i i did did just to change the subject totally but one of the things that's on my mind have you seen because that's that's all to talk about competition right Okay. Yeah. Well, we got to talk about business. Got to talk okay. about li- yeah. business a little bit. Okay. Have either of you experienced any of these new restaurants that are running? You know, we talked about the hyper energy before. I think mm-hmm. where they're doing the double drive through, kind of like the little coffee stands. Yeah. Yeah. Have you guys seen that in any other food concepts? What do you mean the double drive through? So drive through on a, a tall, skinny building that not a tall, skinny building, but just oh, a building that okay. looks like it was just dropped on site with drive throughs yeah. on both sides of it. So I think the there's a coffee shop in Des Moines that used to do that, the Twisted Bean. Well, those okay. uh, that, I think. So seven I think, brews, but seven I think, cups or whatever. They yeah. Do it. Okay. So, so you come in they and do you it. go on both. Right. Um, so. Yeah, I haven't seen it in any other concepts outside. Well, of, let me let me I mean, ask you this, Darren. Let me ask you this: Is it they don't have two complete lines, but like a uh, Chick Fil A, and I know yeah. Portillo's yeah. the they have two lines, but then they go down into one. Yeah, same with most R- McDonald's nowadays. Right from a from an ordering standpoint, because the ordering is the longest process of it all. So. Right. A comment about McDonald's. I went to get McDonald's the other day, and mm-hmm. since we were moving, and it was right up the street, and we hadn't eaten, and we're like, we're just going to get something for breakfast. So I go to McDonald's, mm-hmm. and I'm normally not that guy, but I did. And so as sort of I get ready to order, and they're like, did you order on the app? And I'm like, no, I'm ordering. That's why I pulled up right here, right? Well, so now a lot of places off, like um, like Panera, you can do drive through pickup. I do so, 
that at a lot of places, actually. I used to do that at right. Cafe so, Diem. So, so I said, no, please take my order. So I take my order. I pull up. I'm second in line, third in line. I get up, and they hand me my shit, and off I go. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to be smarter. So then two days later, let's just get McDonald's again. Fuck, we don't have nowhere any pans or anything. So mm-hmm. I went up to get a sandwich or burritos we were getting. And I'm like, I'm going to download that goddamn app. I'm going to go to the McDonald's app. And it was a pretty snazzy app. And so right. I download the app and I order it for my location. And it says I ordered it for curbside pickup. So mm-hmm. I went to curbside pickup. And it's, when you get there, it knows you're there. And it says, press what spot you're in. I'm spot number okay. two. And right. we'll bring your order out to you. I'm watching all these people at the fucking drive through right? Mm-hmm. Go, go through, and I'm yeah. on the curbside app, and it took me 10 minutes to get my food. Wow. A lot and of that, I, I think, and, has to do with runners, though, because of staffing. So, like, you know, in a McDonald's, like a lot of those bigger chains, everyone's stationed, right? So well, if, if they have runners if, but that if you have can, to help. But if you can't do it, then don't offer that. Well, I mean. So I the point I, the things. point I was trying to make, so I was coming yeah. back across Redneck, Florida yesterday through mm-hmm. these things. And I mean, you would not believe the n- restaurant nostalgia I saw along the way. I mean, there really? was there was restaurant old drive-ins have been around for 40 years, 50 years. Mm-hmm. There was a, 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 a donut shop called the Donut Man. Uh-huh. People lined out the door, and that sign was older than I. I mean, it was older than I was. You could just tell they'd been lining them out the door mm-hmm. for fifty years, right? And mm-hmm. so I came upon this Jimmy John's, and the Jimmy John's had a double drive-through. Now I didn't go into it, but I just kind of noticed. I'm like, because I'm constantly looking for an ornery chicken concept to get that baby into a drive-through, right? And that's mm-hmm. one of the things on our list is to get one of those buildings. And build that on a small parcel of land somewhere in a highly populated area that we mm-hmm. could do this drive through for the ornery chicken. Because we think we could we could really make a go of it. Oh, it's like Bebop's. That's. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Some like Bebop's. But, but okay. so I, I did some investigating this morning. So mm-hmm. Jimmy John's, they have a double drive through One drive through is you go through this drive through if you haven't placed an order. You go through this drive-through that if you've okay. already placed an order, your DoorDash oh. or whatever, so you're not waiting in line. If you've mm-hmm. got so the notification, your order's ready, then then go through this. Yeah. And But then they also had a carry-out location on the front that mm-hmm. you could go in. You couldn't place your order, but it just had lockers. And so when you placed oh, an order online, you could, if you weren't in a car, you could just walk up. It would tell you, open, put this code in locker number two. You'd open up and there was your meal. That is interesting. I haven't seen that. No, I haven't either. I hadn't either. That's kind of convenient. And so so it's all about convenience. So then I start researching and shit, everybody Mm -hmm. and their brothers tried to do these drive-through pickup locations. Mm -hmm. Right? Because everybody wants everybody's time, you know, back to Mm -hmm. our whole motto when we first started smoky d's people don't have a lot of time to eat you got to be quick you got to whatever yeah i'm like this takes it to a whole nother level if you can service yeah. it fast enough yeah right. i don't i don't go into anything anymore i do and if i can pick it up in the drive-thru i'm not going to park my car i go through the drive-thru for everything well you probably I got your up. dog with you 
hey man i do most of the time yeah i know that's what that's I'm how like. i even do my like i even i don't i haven't been in a grocery store to buy groceries in since covid started i've been doing drive up ever yeah, since yeah i i I don't and know. Sometimes it's, a hit. sometimes it's nobody's, a hit or miss. Nobody's but, picking out my pork chop for me, and nobody's picking well, that out my sense. lettuce. But I agree. I, Whatever. I agree. I just need, like, you know, just a, your basic pack of chicken breasts. So I'm like, hey, get me the cheapest one. Sounds good. Oh, you, you can know? tell like, to get you the cheapest one? Well, well, it'll pick the cheapest one automatically. Oh, it will? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Didn't know that. What about mm-hmm. you, Randy? You an old-fashioned guy? Yeah, I go in. Yeah, I go too. in most. I, I don't. I, walk, I don't like drive. I walk every aisle too. Oh, and I'm talking even. I still walk every aisle. I'm talking about even like restaurants and stuff. I I don't do drive-throughs. The only thing I'll do drive-through with is getting a coffee. You know. And, yeah. See, uh, I just. It just. I'm. I like the. I mean, I like the convenience of it. I don't feel the need if I don't have to get out of my car. Why would I? You know. I understand, but I'm kind of the opposite. Ex- I want exercise. to go in there and and see how things are going, you know. Yeah. 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 And then get that's frustrated. Right. And I think that's a generational are, are, thing. Emma, are you one of those ge- generational? If you got a pee, do you go to a convenience store? Do you buy something? Hmm? If you go to a what convenience store because you got a pee, do you oh. stop and buy something? No. Oh, see, oh. I, I, I buy right. something. I either, no I either even if I got, I mean, a lot of times, even if I got ten bottles of water, even if I got ten bottles of water in the car, I'm going to buy an eleventh, or I'm going to buy some. I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, with you, Darren. I'm going to go. I flushed I mean, your toilet. I'm going to. I'm no, going to I, reciprocate. It right. probably ends up to where almost every time I do get something, but I don't go in there with the mindset of if I'm using this bathroom, oh. I need to buy something. I think I think oh, that's okay. probably a generational thing too. Yeah, not me. Maybe I, I don't know. I feel guilty. I guess, yeah, I don't know. I I do, too. If I don't need to spend my money, I won't, you know? <laughs> so, okay. yeah, interest, that's interesting. So, do you but think yeah, the, the honor chicken, you'd want to do a double drive-thru? I so would, lo- would, would love to it, put that. Would you have, for the honor chicken, would you have it to where there's, you know, you haven't placed an order, place an order here. You have curbside pickup, and you'd have the double, and you'd have the drive-through pickup, just yeah. to keep some I th- I of think the you, similar I structure. I think you just, I think you just give people options because you almost have to have on that drive-through because you're going to have people mm-hmm. that don't follow the rules. They're going to place right. an order, and they're going to drive through, and their order's not going to be ready. Well, you need to get them out of line, so you need to be able to right. pull them off, saying, "Hey, go over here." Right. And right. I'll run right. it right out just as soon as it's done. And we'll staff it right. right to be able to run it out when your shit's done, not wait 10 minutes. Right. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I no, think we're I... turning into this world of electronics that customer service doesn't matter anymore because you're going to be talking to an AI, AI agent anyway. I don't know. I agree. That <clears throat> but you don't think what? so? What did you say, Emma? No, I wouldn't go quite that far yet. I think you're just going to be talking to an AI agent. I, I, I did listen to a podcast the other morning because I'm kind of a podcast guy I, now when I'm walking. Yeah. And, and it's called First Bite. It's a restaurant industry one. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about Shake Shack. So Shake, Shake Shack, right. you know, mm-hmm. I've only ever been to the one in New York City. It was amazing. Yeah. 
but just they do burgers, they do burgers mm -hmm. and shakes and stuff like that. And they yeah. put in some kiosk and they're finding that people, the sales are higher ordering from the kiosk than ordering from the person at the front counter really? because okay. of shaming. So okay. Interesting. People, Interesting. people, people tend, people tend to order more when they're just ordering it and it's going to get put in a bag versus I'm staring at somebody going, well, I want a double cheeseburger and a French fry and a this and whatever. And they're going, hey, you fat ass. Do you think you need all that? Okay. That's an interesting theory because in like my head, huh. like when I order, when I would order like that, like I would go to a kiosk. A lot of it is, is that like, I don't feel as rushed. So like I would probably, I'd have the chance to actually like look over the menu and be like, okay, well this sounds good. And this sounds good. I could get both, you know, instead of yeah. like when you're actually ordering, you're like, you're, you feel the pressure of not necessarily being fat shamed, but like, dude, can you hustle up? Like I have a line, like, let's get this going. And like, you can just feel the pressure from right. them being like, dude, I don't yeah. have time for this. And it's like, okay, well, here's a really quick order. But, and, well, and I like to order from like apps and kiosks and stuff like that, because if it gets messed up, there's a higher chance that it's my fault. You know, like I didn't order something right in my head. Instead, right. like of them mishearing me and like not placing anything, I could be like, oh, well, I, I could order this or like having a stronger structure. If it does get messed up being like, well, I did order it this way instead of having someone else be like, no, you didn't. Right. Like I placed it this way. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I think there's a lot less chance, like there's a lower chance of error if I just order it directly. See, I thought about calling McDonald's because to me, <laughs> McDonald's is really missing out by not doing it, not having the option of dress it like a Big Mac, right? Dress it like a Mac. So one of my favorite ordering things to do, and I don't eat at McDonald's a lot, only when other restaurants are closed or whatever. But mm -hmm. my, I don't think a Big Mac is big enough because they're fucking small now, right? They're so small right. now that they got a double Big Mac. But I they like, do? I, they do have a double Big Mac now. I didn't know but, that. But those are frozen patties, whatever, yeah. that the, the, the quarter pounder with cheese mm -hmm. is supposedly a fresh patty. Really? Right? And so it's a better quality burger. Okay? Right. Well, I, if I'm going to get a Big Mac, I like a double quarter pounder with cheese dressed like a Big Mac. And they'll so do I that. want the lettuce, I want the slivered onions, and I want the Big Mac sauce on it. Well, you and think about do that. If I, want a, if I want a, if I want a chicken sandwich, well, I when I tell people that they're going, we don't understand. I'm like, just put the same fucking toppings you do on the Big Mac. Oh, okay. No onion. No this. No this. Add this. Add this. Add this. Well, think about it. A fish sandwich dressed like a Big Mac. Of uh, uh, well, any hamburger, a chicken sandwich dressed like a Big Mac. That fish I mean, it's sandwich like every dressed sandwich like in the a Big world Mac right would now. Be good. Do you but think they that don't sauce would be good on fish? Oh yeah. Oh, that sauce is really? too far good from tartar sauce. Everything. I guess that's no. fair. I yeah. mean, it'd be real good on chicken, that's for sure. Well, I think so too. That's why I think they're like missing out on that entire well, but market. But do you? But isn't that? Aren't they one of those places though, where it's kind of like a, like this is these are your options? You know, like it like well, that's you, they're you a bit would like think that so, for but, a reason. But it, but if that was their options, then they wouldn't take substitutions, and they do. And I understand that's what slows things down, 
right? Yeah. They, they, that's right. why as I design restaurant, I like the idea of here's what you get. If you want to add mm-hmm. something like, like our ornery chicken, like Bas- our basic yeah, chick, basic chick, right? People take the basic chick. It's chicken sandwich. It's chicken sandwich on a bun. You want yeah. cheese on it? Pick your size of cheese. Boom. You want lettuce on it? Just say boom. You want pickles on it and you want this but, on it. Well, you can put 50 toppings and you'll turn that six ninety nine chicken sandwich into a $15 sandwich, but it's exactly your way, right? Okay. Who's, yeah. Whose motto was that? Yeah. Whose motto was yeah. that? It's your way, right? Who's was that it? McDonald's? No, that was Burger King. So. Yeah, it's Burger Have It King? Your Way. Have Burger It Your King. Way. Yeah, that's Burger King. So why are there menus... Not just a la carte, pick what you want. I haven't been to Burger King in a long time, but I feel like there's just kind of set up that way. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Well, um, I think part of that might be and, well, how, how it would slow things yeah. down for them. They can mass produce yeah, those big mass. Well, they do, but they still make them to order. Right. Well, the, well, remember and, the old days at McDonald's? McDonald's used to have the slide there. That they used to have, you know, 10 hamburgers and 10. They don't do any That's of that so anymore. It's all no, made to order because they've gotten so efficient on the front side. So I think that may be a whole nother podcast. Oh, really? And with your basic chick, I mean, when I worked there, didn't you still, don't you still have the issue where people order, they don't understand that that's a build your own sandwich. So they would take like the ranch hand and completely deconstruct it or reconstruct oh, yeah. it into what they want. So yeah. like. Does well, that just really because, solve your problem? Well, is my point. Like, does it actually? I, I think. I think here's the deal because we've developed. Are still ten, we, do it? We've developed ten different sandwiches, right? Yeah. So, so maybe you say, "Here, everything starts with a chicken. Build your own way. Here's some specialties. No substitutions. Yeah. Right. Okay. That's that's kind of the yeah, way maybe. I like, like the breakfast restaurant okay, so or whatever that I keep talking would about. You, here's our yeah. two or three special items, or build it your way. Now you, okay. you want the, you want a Denver omelet with no onions? Sorry, that's a no substitute. But build yourself one. Yeah, because for myself, I just don't like fiddle fucking around with putting all this stuff on there. If I can see something that looks interesting to me, then I'm just going to get that over. Oh, yeah, same. Getting a hamburger and then yeah. putting the cheese on it and this and that, just more. I know, more but stuff. then you want, but yeah. then somebody always wants to change that ingredient. Oh, oh I agree. Yeah. I agree, but that's just me personally. I don't give a shit. You know. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Like, I'm gonna if I if there's something on a sandwich that I'm like, oh, I don't like that, and there's something like another sandwich, I just order a different sandwich. I agree. Like, I hardly right. ever order anything without like, can I get it with no, no onions or whatever? Yeah. You know, oh. I would rather I would just and sometimes I'll even just take the I'll just order however it comes and then I'll just take it off myself because it's faster. And I. You know, I feel like because we all have some restaurant background, we know the process, like that, that everything, the whole point is to be efficient. So I think yeah, a lot of that is well, how I order is based off on like, well, I can do this myself and save you the time. And then also you can get to the next customer faster. Right. You know, so maybe we Inter- have. Interesting. Um, yeah. Altered mindsets. We just got to figure out how these people work, how their mind yeah. works. That, that's, that's I the, think this would be a good episode. A secret. Yeah. Maybe we'll yeah. do an episode like that. Because it is interesting to think about like different, in all of these fast food restaurants, they have such similar systems, but also they're all 
like just different enough that I feel like there's, you get there's, a different experience. They're, so, they're so different, right? Yeah, like you get a different experience at everyone. But yeah, from Even a restaurant they have owner like the same structure. From a restaurant owner experience, hell yes, I want you to order online because then it automatically integrates and prints to the line. I don't have to mm-hmm. have somebody from a customer service standpoint. I don't have to handle payment. I don't have to handle right. anything. And of I, course I want that. But driving they should people do a study. to do that, oh, they they probably studied the shit out of it. Like, do people have better has. experiences ordering online or... And I think it should be a generational thing. Cause like, obviously you're going to have your older people that are like, I would rather talk to somebody because they're more likely to mess up their order because they struggle with the app versus me where I just rather just, you know, knock it out and then, you know, do go from there. How, how do, how do we, how do we come to the point where you have the universal app? Right. Because I think, because I think the problem is everybody to that. But you, so you've got a McDonald's app and you've got a Jimmy John's app. You've got all these apps. So these people, instead of using one, they, they well, have all these different apps. And every app right. has its own different thing. So you got to sign up. Well, you got to have your fucking email. Here's your phone number. you got to have a credit card, think, whatever. I think that has to do with marketing. And then also, well, you think about it, DoorDash is essentially a universal app. But it's so much more expensive for restaurants. Because right. they also want a chunk of it. So, like, maybe really. No, it's more expensive for the consumer, not for the restaurant. Well, well, yeah, but. In most cases. Yeah. I've but never still, used DoorDash. I think, I think I used to be a DoorDash user. Uh, I lived um, up DoorDash for a while. I, I, I don't use it much, but I, I do look it at it once in a while here if we're in Florida mm-hmm. or whatever. I mean, I've been tempted. And I'm like, oh, fuck it. I'll just go get it. I'm not paying 30% more to. Well, yeah. that's, exa- that's exactly right. That's kind of where I'm at. This it, might be the after, longest podcast episode ever. It's, But it, I think it's interesting. I think it's it's such a good topic. We'll have to do an episode on it because it's interesting. Because a lot of it is generational and then also just it's both. It's a generational and a business thing, you know? Like, yeah, because I think that's why I, at Smokey D's we – struggle to get people to use an online app because they're an because, older crowd. Yeah, demographic. Exactly. But then the online so, chicken, you know, you're starting to get a, yeah, you have that younger demographic. So people are more prone to use the app. I mean, or, they still struggle with the right. whole curbside pickup aspect of it, but, yeah, and like the whole fact that they can't just walk in. I mean, I right. when I worked there, it's been months, but it's just an interesting thing. Huh. Interesting. Okay. Well, Looks like we have a topic idea for episode 45. Sounds good. So if you guys want to hear more about this next week, yeah. tune in next and, week for part two. And, and we need a poll. Should McDonald's should McDonald's offer dressed like a Big Mac the same toppings on any of their sandwiches? Yes or no? Just an Let's easy deal. Let's put that poll up on okay, the Okay, so if you guys made it all the way to the end of this episode, leave a comment on YouTube, Instagram, send us a DM. Do or you, you could do think, a social media post. Yeah, but that only lasts so with long. a poll on it. Okay, that okay. I'll make an Instagram post and say once it'll come there out Tuesday. Say if you guys Tuesday. listen to the episode. What? The? Yeah, give people time to listen to the episode. Oh, okay. Make okay. sure. And okay. then we'll let, I'll we'll leave slide. the post and say, "Hey, yeah, okay." So be on the lookout for that. Sign myself up for more. And I'd watch this thing on YouTube because. Damn, my lighting's good today. Oh, yeah, it is nice today. You do look, you look elegant today. Nice. Usually, I'm the one with. You're kind of shiny and 
And you got your nice brick wall back there, Randy. I'm going to get That's us right. all cue the mic Long banners. Way. We're going to get cue the mic banners. Okay. Marla said we ought to have a theme song. Hang that up in my own. What's that song? Uh, another brick in the wall, you know? <laughs> all in all, it's another brick in the wall. She she's, thinks that ought to be my so theme pretty. song. <sighs> she's so okay. pretty. Yeah, she oh, is. Geez. A nice guy. All right. Well, this episode is getting nice quite guy. long. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay, so, before, we go, before we go off boom. the deep end. Yeah, that was episode 44 of Cue the Mic. Uh, like us on, find us on social media at Cue the Mic Pod on Instagram, Twitter, or X, uh, TikTok, and Threads. Look out for our poll that'll come out on, well, this episode comes out on Monday, so it'll come out tomorrow, Tuesday. Um, and yeah, find us on YouTube at Cue the Mic Podcast. Give us a watch so you don't, or so you can see Darren's great lighting. Um, and yeah. And then tune in next week for our episode about restaurants. Whatever we want to talk about. Don't commit. I think we Don't have. Commit. I think we have an idea. I want to talk about it. I'm committed. This is next week's topic. Emma's okay. coming in with a topic. Uh, yeah. Anyway. So that okay. was excuse Mike. We'll Randy, see you guys next week. You want to start? Boom. It? Done. Out of Boom. here. We're out. out. We're Finished. Out. We're out.